0: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. George Reed speaking. Oh, good morning, George. Is it? Well, sure. The birds are singing, the bees are buzzing. And there
1: are whales in the Gulf of
0: Mexico. Oh, there are. What? You know anything
1: about whales, Johnny? Can't say that I do. Oh, neither do I. Neither does our agent down in Gulfport, Mississippi. Can you go down there?
0: Well, yeah, sure. But what's this all about?
1: I told you. A whale. Oh, come
0: on. You people didn't insure a... Not George... Oh,
1: Johnny, of course we didn't. But we did write a floater policy covering 80 pounds of amber gris. Amber who? Gris. Comes from a whale. Uh-huh. Very valuable, used in the making of perfume. Oh, yeah.
2: We issued the policy a week ago. Yesterday, the stuff disappeared. How much did you cover it for? 20000 And our agent down there is W.C. Owen.
3: Got it? Owen, huh? Yes. You really shouldn't have any trouble locating the stuff. No? Why not? Because, and I quote Mr. Owen... Ambergris smells worse than a hound dog which has caught a skunk.
1: Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action packed expense
0: account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: And now, Act One of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To Floyd's of England American Branch Office, 443 North 15th Street, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Michael Meany Mirage matter. Expense account item one, $168. Transportation from Hartford to the Markham Hotel in Gulfport, Mississippi. I called W.C. Owen, the agent who had sold the policy covering the ambergris. Half an hour later, I opened the door of my room to a middle-aged man wearing a brown seersucker suit.
2: Mr. Dollar, is that right? Sure is. Come on in, Mr. Owen. Come on. In. Thanks, thanks. Well, Dollar, I'm not going to fool around about this. I'm in a mess, and you are my only chance of getting out of it. Well, I'll do whatever
0: I can, Mr. Owen.
2: You just find that ambergris, and man, please find it within the next 48 hours. Oh, why the rush? There's two reasons. When the ambergris was stolen off the freight platform at the train depot the day before yesterday, it was packed for shipping. Had enough dry ice around it, to last seven to two hours, but no more.
0: Uh-huh. Now, what's the second reason?
2: That might mean he. Who's he? Owner of the Ambergris and a real good client of mine. I promised him you'd locate the stuff for sure. Well, I appreciate your confidence, Mr. On. Name's W.C. Mr. around here sounds too highfalutin for, for an insurance salesman. Okay, W.C. But what's this fellow mean he's so worried about?
0: The Ambergris is covered for 20000
2: He told me he'd learned it was worth a lot more than that since the floater was issued. Something up near 60000
0: Pretty rare stuff.
2: It is. Matter of fact, this is the first time I've ever heard of anybody finding ambergris in the Gulf. Who fished in out of the water? Meany? No, a young fellow worked for him named Billy Fisher. Did Meany buy it from Fisher? Didn't have to. Belonged to Mr. Meany right off. Oh, why's that? Well, because Fisher works for him. Mr. Meany lets out his fishing boats to fellas, which ain't got no boat of their own, or even a chance of getting one.
0: He rents them out, you mean?
2: No, he don't rent them. He lets them out on share. Mr. Meany puts up the boat, gas, nets, everything. And whoever runs the boat, well, he, whatever he catches, he belongs to Mr. Meany. Ah, oh, um, and
0: because Fisher happened to be in Meany's boat when he found the evergreens, it automatically became Meany's property,
2: huh? Now you got it, boy. Uh
0: huh. Did Fisher know what it was, or the value of it when he turned it over to Meany?
2: Well, you have to ask him about that.
0: Yeah, I plan to.
2: But first, I'd like to have a talk with this Mike Meany. I'm way ahead of you, Dollar. I called Meany right after you called me. He's waiting for us. How far does he live from here? Oh, about three or four miles down the beach road toward Biloxi. Place called Mississippi City. Mississippi City? Uh-huh. But don't let the name fool you. Ain't nothing there except a couple of stores, fishing boat landing, and the train depot. Uh,
0: sounds like a real
2: quiet place. It is. It's also where this whole thing started and where I hope it finishes. And the sooner, the better. <laughs>
0: A few minutes later, we were driving east along the coast. Ahead of us, we could see Mississippi City's one and only landmark, a long wooden pier extending far out into the gulf. Anchored near the end of it were several small fishing boats. We passed the Meany General Store and the Meany Fish Market, then turned into a narrow driveway. I'm not sure what kind of a house I'd expected Mike Meany to live in, but this certainly wasn't it. It was too small and it needed a coat of paint. We got out, and no one led the way to the side porch.
2: Mr. Meany, you at home?
0: Doesn't look like he is.
2: No, no, he's here. Listen.
0: What in the name of...
2: Sure, heavy, ain't he? Yes, sir. Ain't another man his size, the whole United States. Good night, I believe.
4: WC boy, you sure took your sweet time getting here. Yeah. Well, uh, made it just as uh, fast we could, Mr. Meany. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, this is the fellow I was telling you about, Mr. Johnny Dollar. Yeah. Both of you come inside... That's it, Mommy. You men sit down on the sofa. I'll just lower uh lower myself into this uh, this here uh, uh chair. There. Yeah, now then you're a detective huh, Dollar? Well Well and me ain't giving me an answer. You're a detective or you ain't a detective. Now which is it? I'm an insurance investigator. Right now, I'm being paid
0: to find 80 pounds of ambergris that you lost.
4: Lost? Lost? You didn't mean nothing by saying that. You hush he... up, you you road agent. Hey, Mr. Meany. Dollar, that stuff was stolen, you hear? Thieved. Right in the broad light of day. You're sure? Well, I'm sure 80 pounds of ambergris didn't get up and walk off by itself. Yes, sir. Me too. Good job. Exactly where was it when it was stolen? Well, it's sitting in a box I had built for it. A special box. Box? Smell proof. Cost $25. Oh, shut up. I was sending it to New Orleans to a fella I'd heard might be able to sell it for me. The box was on the platform right outside the American Express office of the depot. Here in Mississippi City? Boy, you ever take a bad fall out of your crib? No, you ignorant in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Where do you think that depot was? Well, it could have been in Gulfport. No, it could not ever do business there. Okay, okay, so I'm wrong. No, but that's the first time you ever admitted it. <sighs> had the box been checked in at American Express? You mean, had the freight been paid in New Orleans? Yes, that's what I mean. That's
0: crowns and ignorant no good. Had it been paid, Mr. Meany? No, it hadn't. Why not?
4: Because the rat I trusted with the ambergris and sent down to the station to see it got on the train... Yeah. yeah he'd promise he'd give his word he wouldn't take his eyes off that stuff for one second that no. <laughs> dirty that no account that are you are we... okay Miss me no but well, you sit down you make me nervous don't we see yes uh, every time i think of that t.j that stupid nephew of mine well you know what he done Dollar. He spotted something more interesting to look after than $20,000 worth of ambergris. ambergris. Okay, who was she? she? Oh, W.C. Toad. No, I didn't. No, sir. Mr. Dollar, he, he's just clever. Yeah, well, anyway, according to T.J., this young female pulled up in an open car across the road from where he was at, and it wasn't until he got up close that he could see that she was wearing a, a strapless bathing suit. You see, Mr. Dollar, T.J. thought... He yeah, knows know, but... what T.J. thought, you miserable. You keep your mouth shut, W.C. whatever you say, Mr. Jones. Well, while
0: T.J. was investigating the uh, situation, uh, someone made off with the ambergris, is that right? Right. Well, what about the other people at the station?
4: There weren't no other people there. How about the baggage clerk and the passenger agent? Where were they? They? Sam Burroughs is the only man that works down the depot. And he was busy selling some woman a Pullman ticket to Memphis. How long did T.J. talk to the girl? Just a couple of minutes, according to him, that is.
2: You want to ask him yourself? He works at the all-night cafe in Gulfport.
4: All right, thanks. Well,
0: we sure haven't much to go on.
4: You got nothing to go on, so you might as well give me my twenty thousand and head back up north, we you belong. Belong. Not yet, Mister Manning. You got forty-five hours. At the end of that time, I want my insurance money. Money. You don't see that I have it, Mr. W.C. Owen, you're gonna be sorry. You know what I mean? Mean? Yes, sir. I know.
0: Owen didn't say another word until we pulled out of Fat Mike Meany's driveway and had turned left
2: going on down the beach toward Biloxi. I suppose you think I should have stood up to him a little more, huh? No, I, I figured
0: you had your reasons for not wanting to get into an argument with
2: him. You see those boats off the end of the pier?
0: The small fishing boats, uh-huh.
2: Well, they belong to Meany. He's also got money invested in half the business place along the beach. You know what that means, Dollar.
0: Yeah, well, where I come from, he'd
2: pull a lot of weight. That's it. And anybody he gets riled at, well, one word from him and a good many of my clients would be screaming for me to cancel their policies. Like that, huh? Just like that. Hey, where are we going? Billy Fisher's. This way. This here's the boarding house he lives in. Come on.
0: Uh-oh. Okay, boy. Okay. Easy now. Easy, easy. That's it. Good boy. Good boy. Biggie,
5: you know it's dog back in this house. Well. Afternoon, Miss Harvey. Well, my goodness, Miss Owen, this is an unexpected pleasure for sure. Why, thank you, ma'am. This here is Mr.
2: Johnny Dollar, Miss Harvey.
5: Afternoon. Pleased to know you, Mr. Dollar. Wouldn't you like to come in and sit down?
0: No, thanks. We really don't have much time.
2: Oh? Mr. Dollar is an insurance investigator right now. He wants to have a talk with Billy Fisher, providing his home. Why, sure he is. You
5: find him round the side there. Oh, but... Yes, ma'am? Well, he's with Jane Higgins, Miss Owen. Jane hey. Oh, you know her Father rented that old miller place again. The girl that got Billy into that trouble. Oh, oh, yes.
0: What uh, what kind of trouble, Mrs. Harvey?
5: Well, it happened when the Higgins' were down here two years ago. Billy and Jane have always been sweet on each other. But being as Billy as Billy and doesn't have a fang of his own, not even a job, except fishing one of Mr. Meany's boats. Well... James Pa just put his foot down. Yeah, but didn't mean a thing to Billy. No, sir. At least not until old man Higgins got a sheriff out. him. That still didn't stop Jane. <laughs> and finally, the Higginses just packed up. They didn't come back until just three weeks ago Saturday.
0: How old is the Higgins girl now?
5: Oh, he's 19. And she hasn't changed one bit in those two years, no, sir. She's just over here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be some fur when her paw finds out. Oh, <laughs> there they are now. <laughs> Billy? James? Hi. Yo. Come over here a minute, Billy. Someone wants to see you. Sure. Billy? Howdy, she has Mr.
3: Dollar. Hi. Howdy. Uh, Miss Higgins, Mr. Dollar, and Mr. Owen. Hello, Miss
2: Higgins.
3: Billy, I wonder if I could speak to you alone for a moment, huh? Yes,
0: sir. What did you want to talk to me about? Mr. Meany and the ambergris you found. Oh, that. Where did you find it, Billy?
3: Out near Cat Island, floating in the East Channel. Uh Uh-huh. Did you know what it was as soon as you saw it? No, sir, not exactly, but... I read a story once about a fellow that found some ambergris, and he sure made a lot of money off it. So you weren't going
0: to take any chances, and you halted aboard, is that right? Uh, yes, sir.
3: Something like that.
0: Billy, you realized that anything you caught or salvaged with that boat uh, belonging to Mr. Meany, uh, it wasn't yours. You realized that, didn't you?
3: Well, not right then I didn't know, sir. He'd give me some kind of a contract to sign when I started working for him, but I never read it. Well, what happened when you put in at the pier that night? Oh, that Cliff Stillinger, Mr. Meany's it. He spied the ambergris right off, and he made me turn it over to him. Was that the last time you saw it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, that was it. Okay,
0: Billy. That's all I had on my mind.
3: Well, that's all? I mean, no questions about whether I swiped it from the train station or not?
0: Would you tell me if
3: you had? You crazy something? Heck No! After
0: saying goodbye to Jane Higgins and taking a rain check on a dinner invitation for Mrs. Harvey, Owen and I drove back to town. I was tired and I was discouraged, and I needed a good night's sleep, so I had him drop me off at the hotel. At the desk, I found a message to call long-distance operator 19. A few minutes later, the call was completed.
2: George Reed speaking.
0: Hi, George. Thought it was you. Johnny, where in blazes have you been? I've been trying to
1: get hold of you all afternoon. Oh,
0: something important?
1: No, I was just curious about the weather down
0: there. Oh, well, it's great, great warm, but not too warm. Johnny. Okay, George, what's happened? One of the boys upstairs got wind of that ambergris claim. So? So he just happens to have a friend who's an ichthyologist. Well, bully for him. Johnny, this ichthyologist says that ambergris comes only from the sperm
1: whale. And there has never been a sperm whale alive that would be caught dead swimming in the Gulf of Mexico. What? You follow me, Johnny?
0: I think so. If there's never been a sperm whale in the Gulf, then that stuff you people insured couldn't have been. But George, if it wasn't ambergris, what was it?
1: I don't know. But unless you find it, we're
2: stuck for twenty thousand bucks. Holy smokes!
1: Two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Our flag now numbers 50 stars. And behind each star, there stands yet another flag for each of the 50 states. New Mexico's flag is an ancient Zia sun symbol, a red circle on a field of yellow. Radiating from four points, which we might indicate as north, east, south, and west, are four parallel lines. Four was a sacred number of Zia the number most often used by the giver of all good gifts. The earth had four main directions, each with its own gifts. The year had four seasons, each with a different offering for mankind. The day had four phases, sunrise, noontime, evening, and night. Life had its four divisions, childhood, youth, manhood, and old age. Everything in life and nature was bound together in a circle, the circle of life and love, without beginning and without end. And in this great brotherhood of all things, man had four obligations. He must develop a strong body, a clear mind, and a pure spirit. Fourth, and most sacred, he must be it to the welfare of his people. From this simple symbol, the Zia sun, we read the legend of a wonderful philosophy. The flag's colors of flaming red and golden orange. Represent the banners of Ferdinand and Isabella, which were carried by Columbus across the Atlantic. New Mexico's state flag, the flag of the 47th state to enter the Union, was adopted on March 19, 1925. Now, Act Two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Michael Meany Mirage Matter. <laughs>
0: After talking to George Reed and learning that there was considerable doubt in his mind concerning the origin of the ambergris Mike Meany had insured with Reed's company, I called WCO and the agent who had issued the policy to come down to the hotel. He was as shocked and surprised as I'd been.
2: Johnny, I, I just can't believe it. Yeah, well,
0: it's true. At least according to a man who studied the habits of sperm whales for years. Oh.
2: And those kind of whales never come into the Gulf? No. Not according to him. What Ambergris isn't Ambergris. What is it?
0: WC, your guess is as good as mine, but whatever it is, it isn't worth $20,000. No, oh, guess not. Johnny? Yeah?
2: You don't think Mr. Meany's trying to pull fast one, do you? Trying to defraud the company? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I doubt it.
0: He has all the money he'll need for a while. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, tell me, WC, did Meany have the Ambergris analyzed before he asked you to
2: insure it? Matter of fact, he did. Even showed me a letter which said that the stuff was Ambergris. You remember who made the analysis for him? A chemist over in uh, Don't recall his name offhand, but he signed that letter he gave Mr. Meany.
0: Uh, okay, first thing in the morning, we'll take another trip out to Meany's place. In the meantime, don't mention any of this to anyone,
2: will no, you? No, 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 I won't. Jerry? Yeah? I should have checked on that chemist, shouldn't I? And, and, and I shouldn't have been so anxious to take Mr. Meany's word. Well, we all make mistakes. Not big ones. Not big ones like this. Johnny, we just got to find that stuff. Because if we don't, we'll never know if it was ambergris or not. Will we?
0: No, WC. We won't. I felt sorry for Owen. I knew as well as he did that the company might recall his franchise unless we could prove it was ambergris that had been insured. And at the moment, I was quite sure we couldn't do that. The next morning, the coffee shop was crowded, so I started up toward the center of town, looking for another place to have breakfast. I was about four or five blocks from the hotel when I heard someone calling me. Mr.
5: Dollar? Johnny?
0: Mm. Oh! Oh, yeah. Good morning, Jane. Good
5: morning, yourself. Well,
0: well, what are you doing in town so bright and early?
5: I'm going on a shopping spree. Oh? A girl can't get married in just any old thing, oh, you
0: know? Oh, she can't. Oh, oh, well, who's the lucky guy? Well,
5: who do you think?
0: Billy Fisher?
5: I certainly wouldn't marry anyone else.
0: Well, uh, Jane, it's none of my business, but uh, I heard. You
5: heard that my father's dead set against Billy, didn't you? Yeah, something like that. Well, he is. But there isn't much he can do about it. I'm over 18. Besides, he's going to change his mind about Billy. I hope so. Mm. He's going to be real sorry he ever treats Billy the way he has.
0: Uh, Jane, look, I haven't had breakfast yet. How about joining me for a cup of coffee?
5: Oh, I'd love to. Where we go?
0: Oh, how about over there, the all-night cafe?
5: All right. Oh, no, I mean, I... Do you know what time it is, Mr. Dollar?
0: Hmm, just ten after nine. Why?
5: Well, I just remembered something important. I'll see you later, here. Hmm,
0: funny. Or it... I crossed the street and entered the all night cafe. Behind the counter, wearing a white t shirt, apron, and a Valentino type hairdo, was a man about 23 years old. Morning. Will it be? Ham and eggs and coffee. I want them eggs. Over easy, okay?
3: It's okay with me. I ain't eating them. Dude, half nice with pigs. You want your coffee now? Yeah, please.
0: Um, do you happen to know a man named Mike Meaney? I should. He's my uncle. Oh, well, then you must be T.J. That's
4: right. Uh,
0: how come you know me? I was talking to your uncle yesterday. My name's Dollar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he told me if you come around, I should tell you anything you want to know. Well, what happened at the depot that afternoon,
3: T.J.? Didn't
2: he already tell you that? Well, I'd like to hear your side of it. There well, ain't much to tell.
3: I was sitting there waiting to put that box in the 303, and this see gal drove up. Uh-huh. What happened then? Man, she gave me just about the biggest come on I ever did get. So you left the freight
0: platform and crossed the road to talk to her?
3: Well, shoot, Mr. Dollar. I didn't see nothing wrong in doing that.
1: There wasn't nobody around. Oh,
0: there must have been. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon so. But I sure didn't see you. T.J., did that girl tell you her name? Yeah. What is it? Betty Lou Miller. Betty Lou Miller.
2: Yeah. Now, look, Mr. Humbley.
0: No, no, wait. Have you seen her since then? Well, sure. When was that? Well, just now, out in the street. She's a girl you was talking to. I finished my ham and eggs and walked back to the hotel. Owen was waiting for me, but before we drove to Mike Meany's house, we made a stop at the railroad depot. The agent remembered everything that had happened that afternoon. the afternoon, the hamburgers had been stolen, including the name of the woman who had purchased the Pullman ticket to Memphis at the time of the theft. After thanking Sam for his help, we went on to the Meany place.
4: Come on in. Sit yourself down. Why, thank you, Mr. Meany. Dollar? Dollar, you find my ambergris here? Yeah? No, sir. Yeah. But I think I know who has it. What do you mean? You mean you know who stole it from the depot? I think so, Mr.
0: Meany. I'm not sure.
4: Well, boy, boy, you just let me have their name. Yes, sir, I'll get the sheriff out here and see their foot under the jail. Now, you come on. Tell me. Who did it? No, sir, I'm sorry. I'll tell you when I'm sure and not before. What? Well, when's that going to be? Depends. Depends on what? Whether you'll help me or not. Why, you ignorant, stupid Yankee. You know good and well, boy. I'll help you. Yes, sir. Now, now what? What do you want me to do? Give Owen here the letter
0: you received from the chemist that analyzed the emigrants. Is
4: that all? That's all for now. Uh, but boy, boy, you dollar, where do you think you're going? To see a lady, Mr.
0: Minnie. Oh, and I'll call you as soon as I'm sure.
4: Right. Good
3: luck, Johnny. In Owen's car, I drove
0: down the beach to Mrs. Harvey's boarding house. Billy Fisher was out with the boat, so I had plenty of time to tell her what I knew.
5: It's all my fault, Mr. Dollar. I planned the whole thing and put Billy up to it.
0: And bought the Pullman ticket?
5: Yes. Yeah. I still have it. the meaning to turn it in for the money, but just haven't had a chance to get down to the depot.
0: Tell me, Mrs. Harvey, how did you know that T.J. would leave the ambergris when he did? Oh,
5: everybody around here knows T.J.'s weakness for girls. One that, to me, hasn't been locked up long ago. Yeah.
0: Well, it was a beautiful job. You timed it just like a professional.
5: I <laughs> oh, thank you for the compliment. Where was Billy. In the woods on the other side of the railroad track. Uh, he waited till Jane got T.J. all mixed up. Then he scooted across, got the hamburgers, and ran back into the tree. And
0: Jane picked him up after leaving the depot? Yes,
5: sir. You care for a cup of coffee, Mr. Dollar?
0: No, no thanks, Mrs. sorry
5: You look so downhearted.
0: Well, I, I guess that's part of my job, too. What did Billy do with the hamburgers?
5: I sent it on to Atlanta. A man there's going to sell it for him. Oh, I see. My, you sure look like you lost your best friend.
0: Yeah, well, I, um, I ran into Jane this morning. She was going shopping for her trousseau.
5: Yes, I knew.
0: Mrs. Harvey, if it turns out that that
4: isn't Ambergris.
5: Oh, they'll still get married no matter what, Mr. Dollar. If not now,
4: then so they. Dollar, you Yankee schemer. What? Where are you at?
5: What a Miss Well, that sounds like Mr. Owen. And my friend,
4: Mr. Meeman. Dollar, well, uh, just what are you trying to put?
2: I tried to keep him from coming over here, Mr. Dollar, but I just couldn't handle him at all. All
4: right, w. It's a long way from being all right.
5: Just what do you want here, Mr. Fat Mike Meaning?
4: What do I want? Why, woman, I want to arrest you and that dirty, that backbiting Billy Fisher and his girl for stealing my amber. Amber. Amber grease. That's what I want. Hush. I want to see you in jail. Jail.
5: Don't be ridiculous. It's ridiculous? Why, well, woman. That's uh... what I said. Now, if you don't get off my property. Yeah, but you,
4: woman, you stole
5: How do you know I stole anything?
4: I know because this here worm of an insurance agent wouldn't have a customer left on the beach unless he told me. Well,
5: he told you wrong. Billy took that ambulance. But it belonged to him all the time.
4: Why, well, well, woman, that's a lie. Isn't
5: that right, Mr. Dollar?
4: Yeah, it sure is. At least it is if it was ambergris. It's ambergris, right enough. On. Well, I, I call that chemist, but
2: he quit his job a couple of days ago. Couldn't find no record he made of it. Don't
4: need no record. It's ambergris, and it's mine. It's Billy. Mine. You think it's yours? Mm. You're
5: seeing a mirage. Tell him, Mr. Dollar.
4: Dollar, if this is some kind of a low-down
0: yank, keep re- trick. It's no trick, Mr. Mr. Meany. Mrs. Harvey showed me the contract you have with Bill. Well, what's that got to do with him stealing the ambergris? Just this. this. The contract states that all fish and fish products and byproducts caught or saned while using your boat belong to you. That's right. Exactly right, sir. So. so the ambergris doesn't.
2: What? No, sir.
0: Ambergris comes from a whale. And the whale is not a fish. It's a
4: mammal.
0: Dollar,
4: dollar, you boy. Now, wait
0: a They say that young love can work miracles, and I guess it must be true, because later that day, a huge sperm whale was sighted about three miles offshore near the Cat Island Channel. Proving, as I've always said, you can't figure whales any more than you can people. Expense account total, including hotel bill and transportation back to Hartford... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story.
0: Next week, The Wayward Truck Matter. And I'll leave you to figure that one out for yourself. But join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Bailey originates in Hollywood. Written by Charles B. Smith, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Jeanette Nolan, G. Stanley Jones, Junius Matthews, Gil Stratton, Dick Crenna, and John Daner. Musical supervision is by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Cumberly speaking. From Hollywood, it's
0: time now for... Johnny Deller. Ted Arloff here. Arloff? Los Angeles? That's right. Tri-Western Indemnity Company. Well, hi, Ted. Look, are you free to come out here in a hurry? What's up? A wayward truck. A wayward? That's right, truck. Lost, straight, or stolen? Well, that's what I hope you can find out. It's a big one. Insured for nearly $20,000. is a big one. And it, when it disappeared was the driver. Insured? Ten thousand and a cargo of copper tubing worth ninety-five hundred, also insured. Holy! Ted, I'll grab the next plane.
1: Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's
0: fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: And now, act one of yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Tri-Western Indemnity Company Los Angeles office. following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the wayward truck matter. Expense account item one, $194.65, airfare and incidentals, Hartford, Los Angeles, California. When my plane set down at the International Airport shortly after 9 a.m., Ted Orloff was waiting for me. He led me on out to the parking lot. Here we are, Johnny. This car right here. All right. Go on. Hop in. Okay. You reserve a hotel room for me in town, Ted? Huh? Why? Well, after all, I've been sitting up in a plane all night and wouldn't mind a chance to shower and slick the whiskers off my pussy. Change clothes. Don't want to take the time. That's why I'm glad you could make it out here right away. Gee, this thing only happened Wednesday night. Well, just what did happen and who suffered the loss? And how about stopping somewhere so I can grab some breakfast, huh? Sure. Find a place along the way. Like I told you, Johnny, a truck loaded with $9,500 worth of copper tubing has disappeared. What kind of tubing? The kind they use a lot of in building airplanes, that sort of thing. Go on. It was shipped from Marlowe Copper Products over in East Los Angeles. That's where we're heading. Marlowe's a big jobber, distributor. Okay, so what happened? Well, late Wednesday night, a driver by the name of Jackie McAllen was scheduled to haul this order of tubing over to the Belden Aircraft Corporation over in Victorville. That's about 100 miles east of here, out in the desert. Yeah, I know. So? Well, the truckers usually drive that route at night, not only because of lighter traffic, but to avoid the heat during the daytime. Brother, you can say that again. Yeah. Well, anyhow, right after midnight Wednesday, 12.05 to be exact, Jackie signed out of the Marlowe warehouse with his load of copper tubing. Yesterday morning, Friday, Beldon aircraft was screaming for it, wanting to know why it hadn't been delivered as promised. Just disappeared? Just disappeared. Hijacked, obviously. And the driver, any word of him? Nothing. Well, what kind of a market is there for stuff like that out here? Plenty of market for it. Not only because it's expensive, but it's hard to get, too. Especially for some of the new little companies that have sprung up around Palmdale and Lancaster out that way. Yeah, didn't Lockheed just build a plant out there? Lockheed, Belden, a lot of the big ones. And they subcontract work to the little boys. That's why nearly $10,000 worth of copper tubing would be worth its weight in gold to those little plants. Well, and it's a wonder there isn't more of this kind of hijacking, if that's what it is. What do you know about the driver of that truck? Jackie McAllen is as honest as a day is long. Yeah, who says? His employer, I and mean, he should know. Jackie's been driving for Marlowe Copper Products for years. they trust that boy with a load of pure gold. Yeah. Yeah. What's that mean? Yeah. man might have some trouble selling off a load of pure gold. Huh? But if what you say is true about the demand for copper tubing in this area... Oh, now, wait a minute. Well, every man's supposed to have his price, you know, Ted. Look, Johnny, I see what you're driving at, all right. But not Jackie McCaffrey. You sure? 10000 is a lot of money. Wouldn't be worth 10000 sold undercover. Jackie would certainly know where to sell it, though, wouldn't he? Johnny, and but... why hasn't he showed up? I'll tell you why. Because he's probably been killed. Item two, $1.75, breakfast for me and a cup of coffee for Ted Orloff on the way into Marlowe Copper Products in East Los Angeles. I was amazed at the way this industrial area has grown in the past few years. The Marlowe operation turned out to consist of a small office and a couple of warehouses. Marlowe himself was a tall, lean man of about 50, very much on the ball.
1: Yes, sir, Mr. Dollar, it's as simple as that. Now, Willie here is the night watchman. I do, sir. Hi, Willie. According to Willie's clock and the shipping order in the manifest, Jackie McCallion signed his load out at exactly 12.05. And that's
0: the last we've seen of either of them. He took off a loan with a load worth $10,000? $9,500, yes. Well, isn't that taking quite a chance? Well, he's done it many times. Mr. Marlowe, how much does this Jackie earn a week?
1: Well, that would depend. Anywhere from 100 and... Oh, now, wait a minute. If you're thinking what
0: I think you are, you're wrong,
1: Dollar. Dead wrong. Just as I said, Johnny. Sure, why, I'd trust Jackie with
4: my own life. And believe me, whoever's done him in, well... He's going to have to deal with me. I'll see him hang. What
0: makes you so sure he's been done in?
1: Well,
4: it's the only thing that could have
1: happened to make him give up a shipment of goods. A hijacker would have to kill him. And whoever did this to
0: Jackie... Tell me, do you think there's any possibility of his having been approached beforehand by hijackers? Perhaps threatened into turning the shipment over to them? No, not a chance. He would have told me of anything like that immediately. If he had time, maybe... Who's working on the case now, Mr. Marlowe?
1: The L.A. Police Department and the Sheriff's Department of every county in Southern California.
0: Are all your trucks like those two I see out the window there?
1: Jackie's was. we got four of those big singles. Did have. Now it's three. And three big tractor-trailer
0: rigs. Mm Mm-hmm. A truck like one of those is a pretty big hunk of stuff to just disappear. Willie. Uh, Yes, sir? Were you on duty Wednesday? Yes, sir, I was. Did you notice anything unusual about Jackie that night?
2: Why, no, sir. Not that I noticed.
0: He came to pick up his truck alone, huh?
2: I didn't see nobody else with him. Well, uh,
0: did he look worried, anything like that? Not that I could see, no, sir. And he didn't say anything that might have indicated things weren't as they should be?
2: Not that I heard, no, sir. Just exactly what did he do? What the driver always does, come in, signed in, signed up the manifest, putting down the time, and then drove off with his truck like old.
0: Nothing unusual at all.
2: Not sir, I saw, no sir.
0: Mr. Marlowe, where did Jackie live? Somewhere over on West Third Street, he lived alone. Naturally, the police looked for him there first thing. May I have that address,
1: please? I'll have my secretary get it for you.
2: You, uh, you all through with me, boss?
1: Yes, Willie. If you're going to work tonight, you better get some sleep going. Yes, sir,
2: thank you. And believe me, nothing's going to happen to anything this time.
0: If I were you, Mr. Marlowe, I think I'd have more than that for a night watchman in a place like this. Just what were you thinking of, Mr. Dollar? Jackie's address, I mean. Look... If the police and sheriff's offices haven't been able to turn up anything, well, in spite of what you said, there's always the possibility of collusion in a case like this. Between between Jackie and whoever stole that truck? No, sir. There's always the possibility, voluntary or otherwise. If Jackie was in with the hijackers, even against his will... I I wouldn't believe it. But it's a possibility, whether you want to believe it or not. For one thing, how would the hijackers know when and how the shipment was to be made?
1: From any one of a number of sources. The man who supervised the loading here, for instance. Oh, Red Kingsley. Or almost anybody in the place. Or just as easily anyone over at Belden Aviation in Victorville.
0: Belden would know exact time of a departure from this warehouse? Well, no. Close indeed. timing in a hijack operation is usually pretty important. But they knew the stuff was due at their plant early Friday morning. They've been hollering for it ever since. I'll lay my money on the tip-off coming from this end. Now... Has the route between here and Victorville been thoroughly gone over? By the police. And they found no sign of either the truck or this fellow
1: Jack. That's right. The truck, of course, could be disguised, new coat of paint, that sort of thing, often done. But no body, alive or otherwise? No. So how do you plan to proceed?
0: Well, if Jackie was forced to participate... And I- I'm sure he wasn't. Then I don't know. Let me have that address, huh? Frankly, I didn't have the least idea what I was looking for. But I couldn't just stand around, so I borrowed a company car with a name and a number plastered all over the side and drove to the West Third Street address, hoping I'd have no trouble persuading the manager to let me in. Manager? Not in that old ramshackle frame house. The front door was wide open, and the mailbox had the number four opposite Jackie's name. That meant upstairs. As I reached the second floor, I could see that the door of number four was slightly ajar. And I could hear somebody moving about inside, opening closets and drawers. Quietly, I slipped close to the door. Inside, his back toward me was a big, broad-shouldered brute, hastily emptying one of the bureau drawers. He was dressed in dirty work pants and wore a heavy, tattered blue sweater.
1: Hey, what?
0: Maybe you better let me ask the questions, huh?
1: Oh, yeah? Now, look, buddy. What are you
0: doing here? What are you putting into those handbags? None of your business. I get out of here? Not until I find out what you're up to.
1: I said get out. Didn't you hear me? Oh, take it easy.
0: Baby. Oh, yeah? Oh, you want to play that way, huh? That's right. Brother, that was a big mistake. Oh, you asked for it. Oh, no, you
4: don't.
0: All right. Now, start
1: talking. What were you
0: doing here in Jackie's room? Well,
4: what was I doing here
1: Hey, look. Who do you think you are? The Lord or something barging in here like this? That's right. Who are you? I said, who are you? I'm Mick McCallion. What? That's right. Jackie McCallion. Ah! truly Johnny Dollar in a moment. Our
6: flag now numbers 50 stars, and behind each star, there stands yet another flag representing one of the 50 states. New Jersey's flag was created at the direction of George Washington. In 1779, General Washington directed that the New Jersey Continental Regiments wear coats of dark blue with buff-colored facing. This was done as a tribute to the former ruler of these colonies, the Dutch, whose national colors were buff and blue. Later, he instructed that the field on the flag of New Jersey should be the same buff color and the state coat of arms in blue be placed upon it. The state's motto, reflecting the aspirations of all who came to these shores, is also inscribed on the flag. Liberty and prosperity. This flag was displayed proudly before the combined American and French armies at the surrender of Cornwallis' army at Yorktown. New Jersey state flag, the flag of the third state to enter the Union, was adopted on March 26,
0: 1896. Now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the Wayward Truck Matter. Missing. A $20,000 truck from the Marlowe Copper Products Company of East Los Angeles. Also missing. Its cargo of copper tubing insured for $9,500. Also missing, also insured, the driver, one Jackie McCallion. And when I found a big ugly looking character going through Jackie's furnished room, I jumped him. And who does it turn out to be? That's right, Jackie McCallion. Boy, I'll say this, buddy. You sure handy with your dukes for a skinny guy. Hey, who are you, anyway? Johnny Dollar, insurance investigator. And look, I'm, I'm sorry I must help you. Uh, insurance what? Well, I came here to find out what happened to you and that truckload of copper tubing that never got to build an aviation over in Victorville.
1: What are you talking about? Of course it didn't. Of course not. Well, why? <laughs> because the shipment was called off,
0: that's why. What? Well, sure. It was supposed to go out Wednesday night, right after midnight. And it did. At least it left the warehouse. Oh, no, that's where you're wrong. Because me and Betsy, we was going to take it. Betsy? Yeah, Betsy. You know, my truck... Only the order got canceled out. Who says so? The office. Who at the office?
1: Well, how shall I know? All I know is I was here in my room getting ready to go over and pick up Betsy and the tubing. And a phone rung and a girl from the
0: office says the shipment is canceled out. What girl? Do you know? I don't know. Some girl says she was in the office is all. You know, one of the girls, like they always giving out the orders, you know. And uh, she told me the boss says on account of there ain't no more trips for me this week, I can stop my vacation right away instead of next week. But you don't know which girl in the office told you that. I told you. I don't know. I told her, tell Mr. Marlowe thanks, that's all. Why? Didn't she tell him? Where have you been since Wednesday night? Well, down in San Diego, staying at my sister's and doing some yellowtail fishing while I was there. (laughs) You know, out around San Clemente Island. Boy, are they pulling in the big ones? Yeah, I'm sure they are. There was
1: one guy on our party boat that... Hey, wait a minute. What do you mean the
0: shipment went out? Just that. On schedule, a little after midnight What that Wednesday, girl
1: told me. And it hasn't
0: been heard of since. You you mean it went out in my truck? In Betsy? Who took it? According to everything we know, you. Oh, no, sir. By midnight Wednesday, I was halfway to San Diego in my car. Look, you ask my
2: sister down there.
0: I got there before 1 a.m. Call her up and ask her. Go ahead, call her. You're sure of that? Oh, sure, I'm sure.
1: And if some dirty guy took my Betsy out, I'll kill him. No, nobody ride, Betsy, but me. Well,
0: what were you doing when I came in here? Packing those bags in such a hurry. What for?
1: <laughs> my vacation. What's the matter? Don't you hear good? Hey,
0: well, look, mister. If somebody took my truck out Okay, Jackie, okay, you, calm down and I, come I, along with me. Where? We're going back to uh, Marlowe Copper Products to talk with a couple of people. Maybe do a showdown. Jackie? <laughs> With a name like that, I'd pictured a slim, wiry little fellow, not this big gorilla. And from what he'd said and what he'd told me on the way back to the Marlowe Warehouse, I was convinced he was telling the truth about his whereabouts the night of the robbery. But then, who could possibly have been a close enough double for Jackie to fool the watchman? Or had the watchman been trying to fool me and the police? And why? Or could Milo himself have somehow contrived to, but again, why? And if Marlowe was up to something, well, he'd have been smart enough to put or at least keep Jackie out of the way.
1: Honestly, Mr. Dollar, did you
0: find...
4: It? Jackie! <laughs> Hi, boss. Hey, hey, what's going on Jackie, around? Jackie,
1: thank yeah. heaven. Boy, you're all right. Oh, sure, I'm all right. He thought you'd been killed or something. Oh, me killed? <laughs> Where'd you find him, Dollar? Where's the truck? Hey, boss, that's what I've been trying to find out. Only all this guy here does is ask me questions. Well, the important thing is you're all right. I didn't tell you this before, Dollar, but Jackie's as much a part of this business as I am. Ah, oh, come on, Ah, uh, you started out with me in the beginning when I didn't have a penny to my name. Worked seven days a week, night and day, helping me build up this business.
0: And you've kept him just a truck driver? What do you mean, just kept me a
1: truck driver? That's the way I like it. Oh. Yeah, even the big retirement he made for me, I don't want that. I just want to keep on driving the truck, just like I am, and... Maybe go fishing now and then. That's what I like, and then I'm happy. Thank God you're still all right. Hey, but what about Bessie? Yes, Dollar, what about the truck?
0: Any ideas, any leads? Mr. Milo, I want to talk to that night watchman of yours again. Well, will he? That's right. Let's just hope he hasn't skipped town. Skipped town, Could you Dollar, see if you can locate him and get him down here? Well, of course. Do you think he was involved in the hijack operation? Well, let's get him in here, if we can, and we'll see. Something had just come back to me, something pretty damning insofar as Willie was concerned. It was the way he had answered my questions when I talked to him before. Was there anything unusual about Jackie when he came to pick up the truck? Well, not that he'd noticed, he said. Had Jackie picked up the truck alone? Well, he hadn't seen anybody with him. What had Jackie said? He hadn't heard anything. Not one really positive answer in the lot or to the other questions I'd asked him. Much to my surprise, Marlowe's phone call brought assurances from Willie that he'd come over to the plant right away.
1: And I... I told him I'd get somebody else to fill in for him tonight because of
0: the sleep he's having to miss. Yeah, well, tell me this. Do your watchmen carry a time clock?
1: That's right. There are punch key boxes located in a dozen or so spots all over the warehouse and one in this office.
0: Uh Ah, they register on a paper dial on the time clock, sir. Yeah, that's right. That way, there's a record of what time he reaches every station on his nightly round. Would you get me that record for Wednesday night, please? Of course. And while you're at it, I'd like a copy of the shipping order and the manifest for that truckload of copper tubing. I'll have my secretary get them for you. By the time his secretary dug the punch clock record out of the files, old Willie arrived, looking somewhat the worse from lack of sleep, but apparently willing to cooperate in any way he could. I took him out to the watchman's booth, which was just inside the warehouse gate. Yes, sir,
2: Mr. Dollar. This here's my own private office every night.
0: And this is where you were when Jackie McCanyon came to pick up his truck Wednesday night, huh?
2: Well, now, where else would I be? Well, now, that answer
0: is just as definite as the ones you gave me before, Willie, and I won't do. I asked you if Jackie said anything that night that might have made you suspicious.
2: And I told you, not that I heard, no, sir.
0: Well, did you talk with him at all?
2: Well, no, no reason to. There were
0: just the two of you here in the middle of the night. Yes, sir. And you didn't even say hi to each other? Well,
2: no, no reason. Driver comes around to pick up a shipment, he... Well, all he has to do is sign up the manifest the time he leaves. And... You knew what time he was to be here, didn't you? Sure. I mean, yes, sir. He was right on the shipping order. But you
0: didn't see him. You didn't see him pick up the shipping order or sign the manifest or drive out of here with his truck. Knowing he was coming, you left the gate open for him. Or knowing somebody was coming. That's against the rules, mister, leaving gate. You weren't here when that truck went up. I didn't say that. No, no, so far you haven't said anything. You've just given a lot of evasive answers to all my questions. All right, all right. Now, if you were here, you were partner to the hijacking operation. No, sir. You'd have had to be. Because Jackie McCannion didn't pick up his truck that night, as you'd have us believe. If you were here at the gate, that is. And that's something we'll find out right now. Here. Jay, that's out of my time clock. That's right. And it's dated the night of May 22nd and
2: 23rd. that's the night? Yes. Now where's station one? Why that uh, that's right there on the gate there, and and, and that's the key I use to punch my time clock every single night, right on schedule. And I don't know what you're getting at, young All right, it.
0: all right, just listen to me and answer my questions. Station number one was punched at 11:41.
2: If that's what it says, that's what it was.
0: Now where's number two?
2: Well. Uh, look, I don't. Where like to is wait. number two? The big double doors back in the warehouse on the right. But now you look here. 11.47.
0: You must walk pretty slowly.
2: Well, of course I do. I look around. I make sure that everything's all right. Okay. Now, where's number five? Come on, number five. On the back gate, way around the other side of the warehouse.
0: Yeah. A good quarter of a mile from here. And according to this time clock record, that's where you were at exactly 12.04 that night. And, brother, I'd like to see you do a quarter of a mile around these buildings in less than a minute to get back here at exactly 12.05 when you claim Jackie signed out that truck. Well... Mm, You're right, Mr. Dollar. Yeah? Which
2: way am I right? I... I wasn't here. I... I left the gate open for him like I often done when I wouldn't be right there for a night shipment.
0: Like you often
2: did? Don't you see? Nothing like this ever happened before. And when I seen his name on the manifest, I knowed that You he... weren't here
0: when the truck went out, so you don't know a thing.
2: I mean, I thought Jackie took it because I left the catch on the main gate so it looked like it was locked.
0: You ever done that before?
2: Uh, not for Jackie. He was always too close to the boss, were he and the boss. Yeah, party. yeah, I know all about that. But I have for the other boys. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you've left this whole place wide open for anybody who wanted to come in and take anything he could lay his hands on. And this time it was a $20,000 truck with a $10,000 cargo. Willie, you're in trouble. Plenty. I questioned him further and got nothing more than a few tears and a plea for mercy, and then I turned him over to Marlowe. Willie was his problem now. But my own was still far from solved. I wasn't any closer to the missing truck and its cargo than I'd been when I arrived. Expense account item 3 two twenty, lunch, for Jackie McCannion and myself at the lunchroom around the corner. We were on our second cup of coffee. Good boy, you know, it was a good donut.
4: <sighs>
0: oh, sir, Mr. Dollar, you know, the more I think about it, the more I say that outside of them pretty girls in that boss's office, the only ones to be sure what time that shipment was to go out was Willie and, and Red Kingsley. Kingsley... That's his car I use. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. He's in charge of all the shipping. Well, how much do you know about him? Well I, I, I don't know. After all, you know, he he's kinda over me. I thought your only real boss was Mr. Marlowe.
1: Well he is. You just bet he is. And and he's the best friend I ever had, too. Yeah, but if I don't keep my place around a plant, you know,
0: keep subordinating to the guys that are forming and stuff, what do you think would happen to the morale around a plant? Well, tell me about Red anyway. Dollar,
4: well, he, Dollar Mr. Dollar.
0: Oh, Mr. Mallow. I just got a call from the sheriff's substation in Victorville. Yes? They've picked up some of
1: that shipment of copper tubing. You see, we put a stamp on every piece.
0: Then whoever hijacked it is already
1: getting rid of it. Yes, but so far nobody's admitting where they got it. It's at Air Metals Company and Stress Products Incorporated, both near Victorville. You want to check on it? Use Kingsley's car again. Right.
0: Hey, hey, you want me to show you the route?
1: Okay, Mr. One. Sure, Hunter.
0: Jackie, go to it. And believe me, we went. I don't know whether the police along the route have been alerted to let us by or not, but we earned more than one speeding ticket before we hit the cutoff around Victorville the cutoff that would take us on past Edwards Air Force Base where the plants we were looking for were located. All along the way, Jackie had carefully scrutinized every truck we passed, going in either direction. Uh, uh, no, no, same make and model, but she and Betsy. Oh, Jackie, don't you realize that truck of yours is no doubt thoroughly disguised by now? Uh, you think a
1: father couldn't tell his own little baby no matter
0: how disguised it was? Maybe, but a truck... Yeah, now, now look at that one up ahead. See the, the one we're pulling up on? Also same make and model, only this one is painted green. Yeah, uh, want me to slow up as we pass it? Nah, nah, she ain't Betsy. Even from here, I could tell. Red, Hey! What did he say? Well, I didn't quite. Hey, wait a minute! That's Betsy. You sure? That paint job looks well, pretty that's old.
4: That's Betsy. I know by her sound. You stop
0: and block her off. Hey, Red! That's what he shouted. And this is Red Kingsley's car with a company name all over it. Yeah, that's why he thought we was Red when we passed him. Sure, and look, look, he's catching up on us.
1: He sure knows we ain't Red by now. Hey, look out! He's gonna pile into us! He's
4: gonna ram us! Holy, hang on!
0: and you want to push this way. But... Come on. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. No, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Hey, Hey, your, your pal's up the road with that other truck. That's uh-huh. the sheriff's car. Up, up there were a couple of thousand miles of copper pipe spread all over the countryside. Oh, yeah. I edged him off the highway and he flipped over. Well, why did you do that? Why? Well, to hear those cops talk, you'd think I was a hero or something. The guys in the green truck rammed you off the road, didn't they? That's right. Well, when the cops seen that happen, they tried to force the truck off. Mister, that takes something like Clarabel here. Clarabel? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I call this tractor trailer rig of mine. It's not the first time I've given the police a hand. Yeah? They've given a lot of people a hand, those boys who drive the big interstate trucks and trailers. They're a pretty fine bunch to have on the road. Well, I guess it's pretty obvious that Red Kingsley and Marlowe's shipping department was back at a hijacking operation. The two who were aboard the stolen truck turned state's evidence and sang plenty, and the courts will take care of them. Expense account total, including air transportation and incidentals back to Hartford, 50105. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week? Well, if you think a sudden case of complete amnesia is any fun, you're wrong. Because it happened to me. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Bailey originates in Hollywood. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote tonight's story.
1: Heard in our cast were Boris Lewis, John Daner, Junius Matthews, Stacey Harris, and Jack Crucian. Musical supervision is by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: This is Dan Coverley speaking.